0: By Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to another edition of Refuge Freedom Stories, and my name is Sean McKenzie, and I'm so pleased to be the guest host today, and I'm honored to have CJ Lawson with us. Uh, CJ is an award-winning writer and speaker, and he found his passion early in life, and we'll talk a little bit about that passion that he has, and also we're going to discuss his faith journey as well. So CJ, thanks very much for joining us here on Refuge Freedom Stories.
2: Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be here.
1: Now, of course, because we're talking about freedom and we talk a lot about freedom in Christ. So I'd like to start off there with your faith journey and kind of where it began and how it shapes you in what you do with your writing and your speaking.
2: I think that's a great question. I was born into a church and I've always been going to church since I was young. And when I hit around high school, they say that that's around the time they get rebellious and start going off and doing other things. But for me, that was kind of the opposite I had a lot of hard things that I went through. A lot of very close people in my life died at around the same time. And I remember specifically thinking, I have to believe this has to be true just because otherwise I don't know what to do. I have to believe in God. I have to believe that I'm going to see those people again. Otherwise, I'm just going to be lost and hopeless. And hope was just like a, a key value brought my growing up and especially on my faith journey. It's just you need to have hope in not only this world, but in a better world. And that comes through God's love that's sort of how I'd say my coming, my faith journey is that just in high school, I had that moment where it's was like, I realized this needs to be true. Otherwise, what's the point, really? That's right. And you said you grew up
1: in the church. Sometimes people mm-hmm. think, oh, well, my parents go to church. So it's automatic. I remember talking to my son and saying, no, just because I go to church, you have to find your own faith walk. And so yeah. is, is that kind of what you went through is, you know, yes, I went to church, but then you had to find truth for yourself.
2: Exactly, yeah. And you know, while I was young, I think it's great to depend on other people, their faith and their knowledge of God. But there comes a point where you have to make that decision for yourself. And for me, it was all these people that I admired and loved, they, they always put God first in their life. And I realized that I wanted to be like them.
1: Many of us wish we would have found our passion early in life. You found your passion for writing really, really young. How did that come to fruition? How did, how did that become, you know, you knew uh, since you were writing since the fifth grade? How did you know that was something that really connected you?
0: I got really
2: lucky. And writing is kind of a lucky thing to find your passion early because there's nothing stopping you from being a writer, no matter how old you are. So what had happened was I always loved stories, but I wasn't very good at reading. And one day my friend was telling me about the story that he was writing. He was writing a movie script and he told me all about it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever that he came up with his own story. And I remember just thinking about it for like a couple of days, like, wow, that's so cool. And then all of a sudden, just this idea of like a sequel to the story that he wrote, came into my head and I just had to write it down. I, I didn't even ask him permission initially. Uh, and once I did, he, I just yeah. started writing and something that I've never stopped. And something that I know God put that friend in my life at that time to get that passion in because it, it's something that blessed me throughout my whole growing up. And, you know, now as I'm in college, it's just something that I can't imagine my life without. I needed it young. And I think God put it there, put that friend there and put that passion in the early for a reason. Exactly. And when he gave you that passion,
1: not many people have had the honor of being able to say at such a young age, you became an author of your first book. Let's talk a little bit about that process of writing and then getting a chance to actually become a published author.
2: Yeah. So after I was writing that story for my friend, I had the idea of a completely original of my own work. And I started in seventh grade writing that work. And that that work is now published. I went through it, cleaned it up, edited it, did all the the fine details. And it was something that I always knew that I wanted to do. Once I started writing it, I wanted to get it out there. So, you know, at first I just sort of wrote, I didn't think about how I was going to publish, how I was going to start marketing it. And it's amazing how in my life, God has always put the right people in my life at the right time. I befriended the librarian at my middle school and she was just the the best support. I could have had. In fact, the book is dedicated. That's how much she had an impact on my life and on that writing. She would check up with me every day and how's the book coming. And then during the lunch at my middle school, if you talk to the librarian before school, you could get a librarian pass. During lunch, you could go to the library and then, you know, work on the computers. And that's how I wrote my book. I typed it in the school library and at home. And every morning, I would go up. Every morning, she would just give me the library pass. I didn't, I had to put in my student number at the time, but yeah, every morning was, we didn't even have to talk, but we would talk. I had a, a good chunk of it done, but I was, I was nervous. I, had, I think a lot of artists struggle with like getting their work out into other people's hands, like imagining other people reading it, especially as like a writer. And that was something that I was fearing already. And she invited me to join the book club. And then she tells me, oh, could you, could you get a sample of your book out to our book club? I, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I thought, how am I going to do this? But I decided because she was really encouraging me and she'd helped me so much. I go, I have to do this. So, with her help, I printed out about a dozen copies of like the first 50 pages. And I actually still have a copy of the. Uh, I I had a little folder, I made my own cover and everything for the sample and I gave it out to the book club and I I was just terrified giving it out. And then she stands up and says, would you mind reading some of it to us? And I was like, that last experience just getting it out to other people was like the most terrifying moment of my life. And then that having to read it was even more terrifying but it was the first time that I got that push to expose that work to other people. And I did it, I was happy with the result. You know, I was terrified, shaking the whole time but I, I read it and I did it. And that was kind of my middle school experience. I finished the book by the end of my eighth grade year. And I I was able to give her a finished copy of it at the time. Still looking for her. I want to give her a copy of the actual published book. And then in my early high school years, I had an English teacher who had a very profound interest in my writing. Mm -hmm. And she was a professional editor. (laughs) She'd done editing for many years. So she, and and again, God, right person, right time. I was just going
1: to say, seeing seeing God's hand move in, in, in this whole
2: process. Yeah, she gave me some ideas, taught me, you know, like 10th grade, I think is the year that you learn grammar. And that was the year that I had her, her, you know, really learn hard English rules. And she gave me a lot of extra material on that. And she also told me a lot about other rules like writing style, um, dialogue. I had a, a cousin as well around that time who had just majored in editing. I have notes from her that I still use a lot about the formatting and how certain things work, like fiction writing. So then kind of late high school, by that point, I was a little more comfortable with other people reading it. And so I had them really encouraging me and telling me what to do. And then what was really fascinating was post high school, I published the book, finally found out a good way to get it out there. And I published it in October. And then by March of the next year, one of my favorite writers just started like a writing program, which I got on right away. And a lot of it is about teaching people how to like market and advertise their books, which is exactly what I needed at exactly that time. Throughout this whole journey, like the book's been out about a year now. And it's just the whole journey. I can just see people who were put there at the right time, at the right place. And that's so encouraging. Now,
1: I should tell our listeners. So let's talk about the writing style you have. Where is your writing more geared towards? I believe it's somewhat teen and and young adult. Mm -hmm.
2: Am I correct? That's right. I write general fiction for middle grade and young adult. I was a a middle schooler when I wrote the first book. That's right. That's right. um, It Kind of be hard to say that one's for young adults, but I think young adults. And it's it takes place in the modern world with light, supernatural elements. I don't go too much into the fantasy, but there is some symbolism. And it doesn't directly preach God or religion, but I think those values are still brought up through my work because of who I am. And that's obviously going to project in my writing. The main theme of the, the books that are coming out right now is redemption. All the characters in my my books are people who have either made mistakes or people who are making mistakes. And to me, that's one of the, like the, the greatest things that God has given us is redemption. We can redeem ourselves. We can be redeemed. We can get better. We can wake up and we can do better today than we did yesterday.
1: It's one of the things, especially because we call our show Refuge Freedom Stories, and we deal with a lot of fiends who got in trouble with the law and have served time in the jail system. And we also deal with a lot of young adults Redemption is something that's not just for a select few. Redemption is for everyone. And being able to hear that, I think, what does the the word redemption kind of mean to you? And and for our listeners, what would you say to them about God? I usually tell everyone I meet, I said, God didn't make junk and and you're not junk. You know, things might have gone wrong, but that doesn't mean your dreams are over. Can can you speak a little into that, uh, CJ? Yeah,
2: for me, redemption is linked closely to hope, which I mentioned earlier was like a big part of my you know, coming to know God. It's that hope that no matter what we do, no matter what mistakes we made, no matter how bad things get, we can do better the next day. We can strive to be better. And even if we don't do perfectly, mm-hmm. we still can do better each and every day. It's a slow and incremental process. I don't think redemption happens instantaneously. We have those moments where we know that we want to be changed. We want to be different. We know that we want to be redeemed, but redemption happens slowly and it's that hope that fills us throughout that redemption cycle or process, I should say, that we get better and we know that we can continually get better each and every day. We certainly
1: can. And you keep expanding. You started off doing the writing. You also have evolved into a speaking career as well. And, and let's talk a little bit about that because you're studying communication, but mm-hmm. God has placed you in, in another avenue where he's given you another chance to share your
2: voice. Yeah, and I think writing and speaking are just like those are the, my two greatest passions in life, and they're so interconnected as well. I get to—I get to speak about my writing, and I get to write about my speaking. For me, the speaking was mainly in high school. I was on the the debate team. I actually went to nationals in speech. In fact, I was one of the first people from my state in that particular event. And it was just a phenomenal experience. And it's something that I still take with me. I still try to apply and try to improve my speaking abilities each and every time that I get the chance to speak. I'm always looking for opportunities to speak. So if you go to my website, I have a little section. Like, if you're looking for a speaker, please, I enjoy
1: it. I enjoy it, yes. And uh, the thing when we we were going through your bio and your website. When you're not writing or in school, you work with individuals who have autism. Let's, let's talk right. about that. Why this particular group do you, you have a passion
2: to speak to? Yeah, I was in high school kind of still right before that great awakening moment. And I was feeling really alone, isolated at the time when my church, they have a program where every week they gather kids who have autism and special needs. And it's sort of like just a fun weekly activity that you get to do with them. And they have other kids come in and get to help and, you know, help these kids be involved in the activities that they do. That was one of the the, the few places in my high school experience where I said, I I feel like I belong here. People love me. I love these people they all had a love of God and the faith in God that these individuals have is just incredible. You know, we, we get to talk and get to, Praise God. And I, I work with some people who don't always have a voice, but they believe more than you can imagine. They just, I've seen people like go completely still, or I've seen other kids, you know, get up and, you know, when the answer to a question is, is Jesus, they'll jump up and they'll scream with joy, It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And it's just, it's so fun watching that pure love for God and, and Jesus that they have. It's just a reminder to all of us. I think, if you know someone with autism, that it, it's a blessing in anyone, in everyone's life to know someone like that and to know that the pure joy that they can have, especially about.
1: It certainly is. I know I have several people that I've worked with throughout my career who've been on the autism spectrum. My son is on the autism spectrum with Asperger's and, and you know what it, people, people sometimes say that must be difficult to go. No, it's an actual blessing because it helps me be a better person. Do you find mm-hmm. that when you get to work with the individuals who have autism, it actually helps you. God, God is using you at that moment to, and he's refining you because he's making you understand uh, from a whole different perspective. Do you find that, CJ?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think you know one thing and then you see someone with autism interact in life with a whole different set of lens and it makes you appreciate everything so much more.
1: The other thing I like about what you're doing there is God also tells us one of the most beautiful things we get to do is serving and, ser- and serving yes. others. So th- this is one way. What are some other ways that t- y- you try to encourage others to serve in? And what are some of the ways you serve others as well?
2: To me, I like to think of service in more of a, like we're doing individual things, trying not to, you know, do it to like, Hey, hey, look at me. Um, and that's why I think that program at my church went on was great because it was just like a weekly thing. You know, it, people were invited to do it, but like I'd never heard of it before I was asked to help in it. And with my book, I really appreciate all those people who helped me, you know, the teachers, the librarian and the the other writers that I met who just took such an interest in my life. And that's, that's what I want to do. I, I had the, the epiphany the other day. Well, not the other day, but a little while ago, of like, why am I writing still? Why am I still pushing this book? Like I love to write, I love stories, but I want my book to have an impact on someone's life, the way that great books have impacted my life, the way that great stories have impacted my life. The way that those people who help me, I want to help someone like that. You know, I want to influence someone's life in a positive way. And that's that's how I try to encourage service and try to, to live service. I wanna I wanna be a positive influence on someone and just like re- return what's been given to me. That's really my my goal is one I people, I want the love that I feel for those people, I want to give that to someone.
1: Awesome. That that is so awesome. Now, for yourself, you continue to express yourself in writing. You have a new project on the go as I understand there. You're still writing and and you have another book within you that, that is coming out, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's always going to be. Books. I wrote a trilogy by the time I finished my sophomore year of high school, I didn't have a very much social life, but I, I, I wrote the, the trilogy. I wrote another book by the time I graduated high school. And then just recently, I finished the manuscript on a third book and what I imagine will be a, a five book series. So I have things ready. Um, and that's, I've reached the point where I'm, I'm learning how to get these books out there into the world. And so that's to me like my learning process right now. And then we're going to keep getting books out there. But yes, you'll definitely see me keep writing and keep developing books and stories. That all all of which I hope will point to to God in some way or
1: another. And that's the beautiful thing. Now, sometimes I'm sure along your way, there was some roadblocks, some stumbles. Can can you speak into that? Because sometimes we have this thought that we serve God, we're with God, and and people think it's just a a nice, easy ride. Our journeys are never as linear as sometimes people think it is. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: and, And that's probably been part of your story as well.
2: You know, we like to talk about all the great moments. You know, I tried getting into major publishers. I thought that's the only way that I'm going to publish my book. I didn't even think about self-publishing at first. I thought I have to get into the publishers. So I went around to several of them. All of them said no. With the the speaking in, you know, the high school that I talked about, at my very first, my first two, actually, my first two competitions, I, I ranked the last in every single uh, round and event and I thought, why? And I wanted to get out. In fact, I, I had signed up for my freshman year of high school. I, I'd done debate I, last year of middle school. I signed up for my freshman year, registered for all the classes. And I had to put backups in case one of the classes was full and there was like nothing else. I thought, OK, I absolutely have to. I'll take debate. And sure enough, I I did. And, you know, I failed again. But then, you know, I had great mentors there as well who just really took me under their wing and helped me flourish. Like I, I failed so bad <laughs> those first two tournaments uh, and speaking events but eventually I went on to the nationals it, it wouldn't have been for me it's always about the people who, to do the great things I have I've never I haven't done any of myself in my life. I've always done it because of great people and I think those great people have that passion and interest in my life because of God it,
1: it certainly is. And I, I think what, what I'm hearing, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing sometimes, you know, the struggles, even though sometimes we don't like going through that struggle, we mm-hmm. also still learn through those struggles.
2: Yes, that is a philosophy that I would put on my way. In fact, I, I can't talk about the, the books that I'm working on right now. I've really, really tied into that philosophy and that connection that our mistakes and our aim will make us stronger in the end. And, you know, God is the, the ultimate author. He knows what will help us grow and develop. But it's not even just that. It's that he knows that these things will help us not only in the wrong, long run, but in the present, you know, as we feel them, they're helping us.
1: Now, we have some people who are listening and go, well, that's great because CJ had great parents. He had he had great support <laughs> systems. Some of the people listening may not have had the greatest of support systems. How can you talk
2: to them and encourage them? I would say that there are great people out there in this world and that, you know, I was really lucky in my life. I found great people again and again and again, but some of them I had to find them. And so I would encourage those people you know, let's you know, branch out, try to find someone who you can take an interest in their life and they can take an interest in your life and you can help one another as you grow. One of the people that I have to thank the most is my best friend. He's also a writer and, you know, another person, right time, right place for me. But I, I had to reach out to him. He he was very withdrawn. I'm also kind of withdrawn. And you know, we I don't think we would have met if I hadn't made, made that first step because I'd heard that he was a writer and I wanted to talk to him about that. You know, that was something I had to reach out to him, but it's about finding people who are going to be passionate for you and that you can be passionate for them. I
1: like when I was reading your bio as I was preparing for the interview, you touched on it a little bit, but in our last couple of minutes, I really want to hit home on this is Books. Sometimes people go, oh, I don't want to read. But I know for myself, good books and good authors. This is your line from your bio. Good books and good authors have had a pro- profound impact on you. Uh, sometimes we go, oh, I don't want to read again. But sometimes it's it just has to be that right book at that right time to really help you, right?
2: Yeah. What was funny about that is in elementary school, I was such a bad reader that I was actually pulled away from my class and I was you know, put into a group that I had to learn how to read. And now now I'm a writer. And for me, it was I was finding these, you know, I was reading these books in school and whatnot, and I didn't like them. And there are so many books out there in the world that it's impossible to say you hate because you just haven't found the right books. That's a, that's a phrase I've heard again and again with a, a lot of the other authors that I've met and worked with. They didn't like books but then they found the right book for them. And so I was really lucky to find books that had a profound impact on my life. And that's what I hope that my books can be. For me, I kind of the the tagline that I guess I'm going with nowadays is I try to write books for people who don't like to read because I didn't like to read until I found a book that really intrigued.
1: And and that's so cool because that really is it. Because sometimes we go, I don't like to read, but it may be sometimes it's just the the subject matter. We've Mm. got a minute left. I'm going to give you the opportunity. If people want to find more out about you, CJ, how, how can people find out more about your book, your writing, and, and how can they connect with you?
2: If I am on... Facebook at novelist C.J. Lawson. I'm also on Amazon. You can look for authors through Amazon, and I'm working on getting a website up, which I will hopefully put access to in one of those two places.
1: And all this while you're st- currently studying communication as well. So you're yeah,
2: <laughs> and working. I, f- I don't feel like I have a lot of hobbies, but writing is the the joy. So
1: the the writing is a joy. Well, C.J., <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure for myself to have this time with you, and I, I'm going to pray for you that you know what you can. Continue with your passion and keep encouraging people. And thank you very much for joining us here on our Refuge Freedom Stories. Well, thank you for
2: having me. It's been such a blessing.
1: All right. CJ Lawson has been our guest this week. Please make sure you tune in to our next episode. <laughs>
3: I was sitting in my kitchen alone the other night Thinking about old time, close call in my life Through a crack in my past, I clearly saw The love of a friend got me through it all True friend indeed, and it's something that cannot be bought when you're down on your knees, a friend is all you need, and that's when a little means a love. Oh, 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 that's when a little means a love. Now there's a fine balance to where we all stand right now. The reflection in my mirror could be six feet in the ground. And the man in the mansion could be the man out on the street. The difference, the timing of a heartbeat. A friend in need Is a true friend indeed And it's something That cannot be bought When you're down You're down on your knees. A friend is all you need, and that's when a little means a lot. Oh, Oh, that's when a little means a lot. Say it again that's when a little.